the cheeseheads who want it fresh and the ones who think Lambeau is a cathedral. This is Pax What She Said. Now, here's Perry Goldstein and Maggie Loney. Welcome back to another episode of the Pax What She Said podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Maggie Loney, joined as always by Perry Goldstein. And we have a very special guest this week, someone that we love to talk football with, but haven't had the opportunity to because it's been the dead of the offseason. He's back. It's Aaron Nagler. What's up? Thanks so much for having me, guys. So happy to be back on. Oh, my God. We're so happy to have you. And if you're not watching this on YouTube and you're just listening, Aaron Nagler has the best background right now because (laughs) it's Lambeau Field. (laughs) It is Lambeau Field. It is beautiful. It is a gorgeous day here in Green Bay. It's been gorgeous like my whole time here so far. Got in like right when the pads came on. They were a popping in the sunlight. It's gorgeous. I will say I'm not a happy camper that the Packers are on the road for this part of camp. Like, I understand the idea of going and Matt preaching all this, like, oh, camaraderie stuff. But you ain't get camaraderie here in Green Bay. You don't need to go on the road. It's you taking... got the Patriots next week coming. I so. know, but I'm greedy. You know that. I'm greedy. I want it all here in Green Bay. And it's you always been that way. Like, they've never done this before. Like, I think it's kind of cool, but since not you're not there, I'm going to make you feel better and say – they're not even going up against Joe, so yeah, exactly. So you know what <laughs> yeah, they're, they're really they're learn from today's joint practice? Not even really anything. Love it. Oh Love it. boy! Yes, that's what um, I'm going to tell myself as I cry. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for that. You so you've things. been up there now. You've been to every practice. Yes, yes. Well, once the pads came, on. I think I purposely arrived late this year because usually I get here like shareholders meeting, start of camp. But there was a very specific moment last year where I was like, I'm never doing this again. Because you just get here, and you're so excited for the start of camp. But it's just the beginning of camp is just an extension of OTAs. Because they're just running around in shorts and T-shirts. And it's like, no, 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 no. When I get here, I want it to be football. So yeah. I this year, very specifically, designed my trip around, okay, the pads come on. That will be my first day at practice, and that's what happened. And I was very excited and very happy I did that because now it also means I can extend my stay through next week when the Patriots come to town. So very, yeah. very good stuff. Next week's going to be fun. Um, I have my conspiracy theories about why uh, the Patriots are coming up. Conspiracy I, theories? Do tell. Okay. I mean, I think Bill is doing recon on Rogers. No, nice. Going to get all that inside info? Yeah, not that I think the Packers are gonna share anything, but you know now no. it's a division. It's a division rival, and uh, well, they do want the Jets to do as poorly as possible while Rodgers plays uh, over sixty-five percent of the snaps. So <laughs> dishing true. on Rodgers to Bill would only help. Him. I mean, Mark Murphy actually might open that I mouth of his. I mean, my God, <laughs> no. Mark Murphy might broadcast. No. What are you talking about? <laughs> Yeah, he doesn't stream Family Night, but he'll stream that. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Oh, boy. All right. Nagler, I feel like I have so many questions for you about what you're seeing. But maybe we start with your highlights. My highlights? Yeah, like top top two, three things that have stood out to you that you've noticed. They can be plays. They can be people. They can be literally anything. I just want to know, like, you're out there. You're scanning. What's, like, standing out in your mind? Uh, It stood out real quickly, and it's continued through every practice that I've watched. Uh, This kind of development of Devontae Wyatt is something that absolutely jumps out. We talk a lot, and you guys talk about it. Everybody who covers the team knows about, like, the desire, it doesn't always happen, but the desire for these 
guys coming off their rookie campaign to take that proverbial next step, right, to make that jump that you want to see between year one and year two. And I'm telling you, that is on display with Devontae Wyatt every single day on Ray Nitschke Field. Uh, there is zero doubt that the explosiveness, all the stuff they liked when they drafted him that you maybe saw intermittently last year, it's there, like down in and down out this summer. Uh, he is a very exciting prospect for this team as far as having him out there full-time, playing him along that line next to Kenny and, and friends. I, I'm so excited by what I've seen so far. And I'm telling you, there's been no let-up. That's the other thing. It hasn't been just flashes. It's been like rep after rep of this kid really bringing the goods, looking like he has taken a major step. And, again, that's always the hope, right? But you never know until they get out there on the field. We talk all offseason, and it's a long offseason, about who's going to step up, who's going to develop, and things like that. Man, there is zero question when it comes to Devontae Wyatt and, and like, hitting the ground running, so to speak. Um, the other kind of thing that's really jumped out at me is Sean Clifford. Um, you know, I know there was a lot of talk. Hey. That he was selected <laughs> fifth round pick Penn State. I, my inbox and mentions were filled with Penn State fans telling me what a horrible pick this was, how this kid had no business being an NFL quarterback, etc. So that kind of colors your perception. You guys know me. I'm not a big college football guy. I don't put a lot of stock in anything I see on college tape because they're not going against college. They're not going against NFL talent. They're not playing in an NFL system, getting NFL coaching, playing with NFL players. So until that happens, I don't really care that much, you know, one way or the other. But when you hear all this negativity, I was like expecting, oh, he's going to get out there. He's going to have a pop gun arm. He's not going to know where to go with the football, et cetera. He is really impressed. And the other thing is, is he's gotten better pretty much every day that I've seen him, where I think it was the third practice I was here. There was a two-minute drill. I, he marched them right down the field, knew exactly where to go with the ball on each and every occasion, and had two passes that were I'm talking sweet, uh, just feathered it in over a defender on one, uh, drilled it in on another on a slant in the, in the red zone for a touchdown. Uh, he, uh, look, it's still early, long way to go, but that has certainly been a surprise for me. Um, yeah. Like I said, especially given all the negativity I heard around that pick, uh, he, he looks like he belongs, no, no doubt. Someone's been studying the playbook, huh? Mm. I think the <laughs> Packers no are good at drafting quarterbacks. Maybe, and then developing them, right? That's the other thing. It's like, okay, maybe he did stink out loud in college. Yeah. It's entirely possible. But, and I always say, like, it doesn't really matter what you produced or didn't produce in college. No, yes, you want production. You want a guy who knows how to play, all that. No question about it. But, man, I only care. And, you know, Matt has said this. Matt LaFleur talks about, we don't care how you got here. We care what you do once you're here. And that has certainly kind of been, you know, no doubt Clifford has taken it. But whatever coaching yeah. – whatever, you know, classroom work he's been given, it is evident on the field because, like I said, he's, he's shown up each and every day, and it seems like he's getting better every time they practice. That's I mean, awesome. I think, I think it's really cool and really noteworthy that Tom Clemens decided to stick around once Rodgers oh. left. So with love and now Clifford, you know, I think, you know, Perry and I talked about it on the show, the development of Dan, Danny Elling and how high they were on him. And now to see that he was released, you have to think that the Packers do feel really good about what they have Zero in that room. Yes, I 100% agree. And it's, you know, noteworthy that they did it when they did as far as releasing mm -hmm. Etling so they don't have to waste, quote-unquote, snaps or reps in yeah. preseason games, you know. They want to get – they definitely want to get Clifford, you know, game reps and get him 
kind of ready, I would suspect, to be the backup. Although I do think they'll give it the preseason and let that kind of backup competition unfold. But I, to me, I, it seems like a no-brainer that Clifford would be the guy eventually. But, you know, we'll see what happens. Magoo yeah. was a gamer in the USFL. Maybe he gets out there in these preseason games and just lights it up. It's entirely possible. Back to Devontae Wyatt. I am very excited to watch him in preseason because I have this thing that there are just there are certain and it's it's really nice to hear that he's like jumped out to you. Big For time. me at practices, I don't know how to evaluate defensive <laughs> linemen in practice. I just you know what I mean there's certain there's certain positions which is like you just kinda have to see it live, like going up against an O line that's not your own and being able to like actually touch the quarterback well, and things yeah, right. of that and nature. And to be able to go back and watch it. That's the other thing. For line play especially like having like a preseason game where there's at least a broadcast where you can go back and watch. There's certainly like that for me, I'm very much like that with the center position. Like I have no idea just because they're so kind of in encased on the inside. Cause people have asked me about, you know, Josh Myers and Zach Tom. And it's like, man, honestly, unless someone completely blows a block, I, it's impossible sitting there on the sideline. And then without the ability to go back and watch it. The thing is with Devante, he's just been so quick off the ball both in one-on-ones and in team stuff that I'm not even sure who he's beating, but he's back <laughs> in the backfield a lot. So it's very clear that he's being disruptive, that he's you know generating pressure and blowing things up. But I couldn't tell you like what technique he's using or things of that nature because, again, we, don't, we can't go back yeah. and watch it. Yeah, totally. I think the assumption, of course, is that it's Kenny Clark, Devontae Wyatt, and then TJ Slayton with the ones – Who's been running with the twos and threes? Like, is there kind of a tier developing? Definitely. I'm assuming Carl Brooks has got to be in there and Colby wouldn't because they're draft picks. But can you kind of suss out, like, who's going to finish out the room? It's interesting because they both of those rookies have gotten play, right? There, there's no doubt. If if there's a guy who I've seen get maybe a few more snaps, it's Wooden. Um, and for good reason. He's so quick off the ball. I think I tweeted this out during one of the practices. Um, he's so disruptive and quick off the ball that it's it's unmistakable when it happens now the problem it doesn't happen there's not that's not a consistent thing right um but you can definitely see his explosiveness and what they like about him he's on the smaller side though and you definitely see him get a little bit enveloped at times in the run game um but yeah no as far as like the tears go i haven't really seen too much of last year the guy chris slayton who like jumped out last year and I, you know, I would suspect was probably on the cusp of making the roster, but then they've stashed him on the practice mm -hmm. squad. I've seen him out there with the twos, but I haven't seen a lot from him, but mostly I haven't been watching him specifically. So he may be doing fantastic work and I just might not know about it. Um, but yeah, past those top three, you've got those two rookies in Slayton a lot. And then kind of past that, I haven't really been able to kind of suss out who who's getting more reps than anybody else? Like that seems to be your top what five or six at the moment. Um, and Makes look, sense. I really liked Slayton's preseason last year. I, again, Me I haven't too. seen any like plays that jump out or turn your head or what have you. But he's been out there with the twos pretty consistently. Nice. I want to ask you about a position group that I feel like I don't hear a lot about, and I think it's just because it's the most solid of all of them. We know exactly who these players are and we know that they're going to start. We know that they're good, but how do the running backs look like Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon, and then that kind of coveted running back three spot. Right. Um, we heard both actually Matt LaFleur and Goot kind of give the same answer about who they want to fill that. And they want someone who 
can contribute on teams and who can pass block, which in my mind kind of eliminates Tyler Goodson from that. It, Cause he doesn't do either of those things, but I'm curious. He just, he sounds like he's having a good camp, but I just haven't heard a ton from the running backs. Yeah. It's interesting because yeah, to your point, it was very noticeable how they both highlighted the type of back they want. Right. And the idea that, okay, everybody can run the ball, but you've got to be able to contribute in these ways or we can't keep you on the game day roster, right? And it's interesting because I think Patrick Taylor is 100% the leader in the clubhouse in that regard. Mm -hmm. You know, you guys know Patrick. You've talked to him, and I think he does everything well. There's nothing that he does where he's head and shoulders above, like, maybe his NFL peers where you're like, oh, that guy's special. Man, he's just rock solid. He's just really, really good. And I will say – for Goodson, everyone knew coming in that, to your point, yeah, he's got to contribute on teams, and he 100% had to improve in pass pro. And I haven't seen him put into situations in, like, the teamwork where he's had to worry about pass pro that much. Mm-hmm. But I will say, in one-on-ones, there were two practices in a row where he really stood out as far as the improvement, right? As far as sticking his nose in there, getting under the – guys pads and m- making sure that his hands are inside and like doing a really good job in that drill now that's only part of it right you've got to be able to recognize the blitz you've got to know who your man is when they send a lot of numbers at you you've got to be able to sort through the wash so to speak so I think those preseason games are so important for him for exactly that reason like it's one thing to do it in a drill and there is improvement there and that's good but man when the the quote-unquote, you know, bullets are live and things are flying at you, you got to be able to think on your feet, make adjustments, and know inside out, how are you working? Okay, you've got this safety who's screaming down through the A-gap. That's your guy. Do you Can you process that? And can you make that happen, like, in a split second? Because that's where you separate who you can trust and who you can't. Um, the other guy I would mention is Emmanuel Wilson, who okay. I didn't know a lot about, still really don't know a whole lot about him other than he's, you know, an undrafted rookie. But he's played pretty well. Um he, I haven't seen him flash in regards to some of the drill work we we're talking about in pass pro, but I haven't watched a ton of him. But man, from scrimmage, he looks the part. He looks pretty good. And they've utilized him in the passing game as well, uh, which, you know, tells you, okay, he's got some ability there and he can definitely catch out of the backfield. They've, I've seen him a couple of times. Um, Clifford has hit him downfield in the passing game. So it's a name to watch, but right now, for from my eyes, my vantage point, there's a long way to go with these preseason games and the joint practices coming up. But right now, I think Patrick Taylor's got a pretty good hold on that gig. Cool. And our you starters? Know. Oh, they're they're awesome. Come on now. We, we know this. Aaron Jones, if they just give him the ball, he'll be a superstar, you know? It's like there's, yeah. there's zero doubt. And with, with A.J., it's interesting because I did find it fascinating that A.J. chose to respond to somebody on Twitter earlier this offseason about I think they had said oh, I've never seen a big guy get so get stopped or brought down so many times by shoe string tackles right meaning you know someone just reaches out a hand and gets his hand, gets his foot and he goes down and AJ copped to it he was like I admit you know this is something I needed to work on this offseason it's like getting those high knees high legs get those feet off the ground um I think given the change at quarterback and probably the the desire I would think to lean into the backfield a little bit more. I think he could be primed for a big year, but again, it's about opportunity. I think he's got all the talent and the you know ceiling in the world. It's just a question if, if A, he gets that opportunity, and B, how are they utilizing him? Are they allowing him to get down, down get his head of steam and get downfield, so to speak? So, yeah, I think AJ's a great, you know, 
I guess, 1A, what have you, in the backfield. But it's definitely the Aaron Jones show. There's no doubt about that. You don't think that uh, Nate McCreary's got the uh, inside track to running back three since I mean, he's he went been to here, Saginaw what, Valley State? He's been here, what, all of two days? <laughs> I haven't even seen the man on, on the practice field. But um, Saginaw Valley State, shout out. Come on. There now. you go. Yeah. That'll do it. Um, you mentioned safeties um, and, you know, those like safety blitzes. I, I've seen this name all over Twitter today. I think it's really kind of a funny conversation. Anthony Johnson Jr. I know the safety room I is like the... I thought of you the moment Wendell tweeted that. that well, the, it's the biggest <laughs> toss-up, right? We don't know. We right. think Savage and Rudy Ford are probably going to be the starters. Is that kind of what you're seeing at least so far out of camp? Or have they really rotated in with the ones? It's changed the last couple practices. Owens is getting a legit look now. Um, there is zero doubt in my mind that he is in the mix. Now, like, this is what I, I – my response, and for anyone listening who doesn't know, Wendell, who writes for us at Cheesehead TV, had said, I don't even know if Anthony Johnson Jr. is going to make the roster, which is entirely possible. He's a right. seventh-round pick. Mm-hmm. Who knows? But I will say, and I said, my response was a lot of ball game left because <laughs> can we just slow down? There has literally not been a single play where the man has been allowed to hit anybody yet yeah. in camp. You know what I mean? We're still at very controlled stages of this thing. Can we let him play at least one preseason game? And you know the coaches are going to wait and at least utilize today's joint practice with the Bengals, this Friday night game against the Bengals, the two joint practices against the Patriots, and then the game against the Patriots. That's your kind of gauntlet, right? And that's where these guys are going to separate. So, like, can we give this guy a chance at, at actually playing the game of football as it's meant to be played before we start putting him on or off the roster? That, that to me, yeah. is the whole point. Like, I think, again, like, yes, there, there's a rotation a little bit. Owens, like I said, has started to get inserted there a little bit more. And I, if you're asking me today, like, who's going to be the, the starter opposite Savage, because it probably will be Savage and somebody, I think Owens is going to be the guy. I really do. I think he's – just a little bit more explosive and a little bit kind of rangier than Ford is. And I, I just think he's a player on the ascendancy, and I, I suspect he's going to take that job. He's very Amos-like where he's just steady. Like he doesn't Agreed. have a ton of like flashy plays to, right. his, to his resume so far, but he's just very reliable. Yep. Well, that's the thing. Like how many times in Green Bay when we're watching the defense have we seen – plays that should be seven, eight-yard gains rupture into 25, 30-yard gains because mm-hmm. the safety takes a bad angle or misses a tackle or what have you. I'm not sitting here telling you he's Ronnie Lott being reincarnated <laughs> or anything, but he seems to from his time, with the, especially last year with the Texans. No, he's not great. You're not sitting here saying he's a Hall of Famer, but he seems to be pretty assignment sure and pretty, you know, a willing tackler and a guy who's going to make that tackle. Which is something I mean, that's all we can hope for. Needs. <laughs> right. That's what, all we can hope for at this point. The bar is right? Low. Right. Yeah, the bar, is low. Um, the bar is pretty low. I, no doubt. I have also been hearing that Jonathan Owens is sneaking in uh, to that potential no starter spot. But again, it's going to be really interesting to see what they do in preseason. Not that that's even any indication of how that's the other go, thing. Like, how but... much are they really going to play the starters in preseason? Like, and how much of a case can you make if you only get like what twelve snaps or something like that? Like yeah, I think for certain fringe roster players or new guys that they brought in this offseason, I, I would expect they're going to be out there. That's but point. my my right. thought process with the Anthony Johnson Jr. stuff, too, is like Goot has just historically not cut rookies. It's just like not really something that does no matter no matter the round that they're taking. Yeah. in, it's like, let's at least give the guy a chance here right. to to learn the playbook, get acclimated. So I'd be pretty surprised, um, especially in a room that just needs bodies right now. Needs bodies in the worst way, right? Yeah. 
Um, okay, um, let's go to the hot topic. Romeo Dobbs. I mean, yeah, but <laughs> you mean, I mean future Hall of Famer Romeo Dobbs? Okay, I'm happy to talk about him. I um, I was talking about love. But <laughs> oh, that's a, that's a hot topic too. Um, I mean, Romeo is a hot topic, right? He looks. He's having a fantastic camp. He's it's really fun hell, to. No it's really fun to see. One of the things I think I love about these joint practices, other than that, these guys get like somewhat live-ish reps, right. is seeing what the other reporters are saying about your team. Because you just look. I like. I like to think that like you and Andy and Domovsky and Schneidman and all the guys that that cover this team, Casty, etc. Mm-hmm. They're fairly objective and unbiased because you know you're a reporter and that's your job but at the same time like you're you're in it every day so you get a little bubbly right you're kind of in that bubble (laughs) and so you get this other perspective of the other team's reporters and you're like okay they're seeing what we're seeing that's validating and you are getting that today about Romeo Dobbs. Totally like, agree. Everyone yeah. is saying this guy is jumping off. He's just getting page. open, man. He just gets open. Like he just gets open. That's the and, and love seems to find him all the time. They have such a nice connection. Yes. And the the thing that I remember the most from last season, and this is a crazy comp, but you the they stick out to you when you hear them is somebody comped him and I can't it might have been Rogers. It was someone who said, like, his release off the line reminds that player of Devontae Adams. And I've just had that in my mind as, like, look, you have Christian Watson, who's probably your one, and he's got the speed for sure. So Romeo has to bring another dimension to his game that's different from Christian Watson. Otherwise, you know, they're duplicative. And I'm thinking about that so much as I'm watching him, and especially as he's going up against Jair Alexander – you know, sharpening up against one of the best and, is like and, and beating Jair Alexander mm-hmm. and beating That's Jair Alexander like, is like I've been watching. Yeah. You know, not at all. And so, like in the videos that I'm seeing, like I've been watching the release because that seems to be like the thing that he's focused on. But I want to hear your thoughts and just like. I think yeah, I think that's really astute as far as what you're watching for because look, how is he going to win? Right, yeah. like he's not a speedster. That's not his game. He doesn't run away from people. He he stacks people. He gets on top of their hip, and then he's you, once you're even, you're leaving. I don't care who you're running up against, right? He's done a very good job in that regard. And it's interesting to me. I know there is a subset. I talked to Justice about this on one of our shows at Cheesehead TV, and he was saying, you know, and I've seen this parroted quite, quite a lot as far as the struggles Romeo had after he came back from the high ankle sprain last year as far as the physical coverage at the line of scrimmage, right? So I don't doubt for a moment that, yes, there were problems there and there were struggles you're also coming off a high ankle sprain. Those tend to linger throughout the entirety of your return. Most certainly did last year for Romeo. And yeah, he probably did essentially struggle with press coverage, no doubt. So if you, as an NFL player, coming off your rookie year, know that's the book on you and know you did struggle with that, what's the thing you think you probably are concentrating on that offseason to try and improve at? Because it certainly looks to be the case with Romeo Dobbs as far as what we've seen out on the practice field so far this summer, the release is impressive. And I'm not saying I'm in the Devontae comparison. That's, that's high praise, no doubt about it. But it's very clear that, A, you're looking at an athlete now who isn't dealing with the remnants yeah. of a high ankle sprain and a guy who has clearly worked on his releases and the ability to beat a guy like Jair, no matter how good he is, no matter how talented, I know – 
I can take advantage of one-on-one coverage because I'm going to see it a lot with Christian Watson on the other side. Where do you think defensive coordinators are going to be rolling things? They're going to be rolling that safety towards Christian Watson. And hell, the way Musgrave is going or to probably Musgrave, Musgrave yeah. because of that <laughs> speed, right? So who's going to be cleaning up with one-on-one coverage? It's Mr. Romeo Dobbs. So I do not doubt for a moment that he will see and be tested that way a lot early in the season. But I'm telling you, like that kind of clip from Dark Knight when the kid's trying to blackmail Batman and Morgan Freeman says, good luck, because I, <laughs> I think a lot of teams are going to pay the price. Romeo is that good, man, and he, he is so far – shown that he has greatly improved in that regard so the rest of that room right we know Jaden Reed is a lock as a second round pick but mm. Samori Toure we think probably in that room but then there's, there's a lot of question marks Dontavian Wicks just came back Grant DeBose just came back have you seen anyone kind of jump out that would be like a fringe wide receiver player it feels like this is a conversation that we have every year but that right. those bottom players <laughs> always to rotate so right so, you. yeah I don't know I, all I know is they're definitely feeding Wicks um, okay. He has gotten run with the ones like right away upon his return, you know, like no question about it. Now, I do suspect some of that is about the preseason, right? Like, because I do think we'll see limited amounts. I think we'll see some of Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs, but I gotta think we're, those looks will be limited. I know Jordan was talking after practice today about getting a few series, but when Jordan goes out, you can pretty much count on you know Christian and, and Jordan uh, and, and Romeo probably sitting down as well. I think Wicks is going to get a long look in the preseason. Um, I think Torres flashed at times. He's certainly in the mix, so to speak. But, man, they seem to really like Wicks. And I mean, I fifth round be... pick, that's not nothing, right? No, that's... exactly. Yeah. I just think, you know, they're going to give him every opportunity to kind of man, win a spot, so to speak, in the rotation. Because you can undoubtedly look at any number of these guys. DuBose has got a real kind of tough challenge ahead of him just because of missing basically yeah. the entirety of the offseason the start yeah. of camp, and now he is out there. But, man, he, he hasn't run any of the plays. He hasn't done any of the – even the field work because he was you know, hurt. His back was hurt. So I think that's a real long shot there. But I think Wicks is probably your best bet in that regard. Love hearing that. That's a name I haven't heard a ton. So that's exciting. I I just think, like, this team I, – I will say, I, I said this on Pack-A-Day, and I'm going to reiterate here. Like, I definitely went into this offseason just, like – a little skeptical mainly because like this team is so young i'm excited right right? i think christian watson is a hit based on like what we saw last season and i'm very optimistic about love especially because like i really trust lafleur to like scheme up things that are going to fit love they've been together now for three seasons he knows the player that he has in him and he's not going to do anything that's going to put him in a position to like not succeed um especially reading about you know that call that he had in the Eagles game last season and he was like are you sure like you feel comfortable with this and loves like you know what let's go for it I trust you like that's so huge but this offense is gonna I'm going and saying like there's gonna be some ups and downs there's a lot of ups and downs and it's not gonna be consistent but I have to say as practices have rolled along (laughs) this little trio of Watson Dobbs and Luke Musgrave is it's hard not to get excited, especially oh, yeah. because we've seen a little bit from the wide receivers, right, about like what they showed us last season. And the Packers have, at least as fans, we have been craving, craving that tight end on this team since Jermichael Finley. We have not oh, had no, anyone no. consistently, at least, as a pass-catching tight end 
who has just like been that guy for our quarterback. And like it, I don't know what Luke Musgrave is going to be, but he was drafted with the idea of being that guy. And he is fast. I mean, fast. <laughs> you ain't lying. You and ain't you were lying. just describing, right? Like, Right. Defenses are gonna have to, and look, they're gonna have they're to execute. They're gonna have to worry about him. They're they have to execute first for defenses yeah. to worry. Let's right. just put that out oh, there. No but no doubt. But you get Christian Watson, and you have Romeo Dobbs, and now you have Luke Musgrave in the mix, and you have the run game. This offense is kind of cooking with gas a little bit. <laughs> they got they got to produce. But you're right. It 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 will. There are the potential is so exciting, and you haven't, we haven't even talked about Reed. You know who yeah. is a big play waiting to happen. He has beat pretty much everybody who they put across from him at one time or another during camp so far. Here's the thing. It is so filled with potential, and it is so exciting. And look, they are force-feeding Musgrave. Like, that is going to be a thing, whether they want it to be or not, or whether we want it to be or not, because they are designing plays for the guy. They're out there every day putting him in motion, getting him in bunches, getting him free releases to get him in space to utilize that speed. That is obviously the plan. We're going to see a lot of it, I would suspect. The, the trick is, with Jordan especially, it, it's, it's such a young offense, a first-time starter at quarterback. As long as they can stay ahead of the sticks, as long as they can stay on yeah. schedule, this offense will be fun to watch. But there will be plenty of times where there's a holding call or a drop pass or any mistakes where they're going to give, get into a second and 10 or a second and 15 or a second and 12. Once they get behind the sticks, I suspect this is going, that's going to be the trial and tribulation time, right? That's going to be where, yeah, occasionally Jordan probably hits a 50-yarder down the right side like Robio Dobbs like he did today on a third and six, right? But there are going to be other times where they're just marching <laughs> backwards, where they don't, yeah. can't get out of their own way and they're, just because they're young. And that is yeah. the toughest place to be when you're inexperienced, you don't have a ton of bank reps, and it's third and eight, and you got to pick it up, and you got to throw from the pocket, you got to make a play. That is tough stuff. And I think Packers fans have gotten so spoiled over the course <laughs> of the last 30 years having quarterbacks who have done it all, seen it all, can make every throw, knows every co combo, coverage, et cetera, where they know pretty much where to go with the football. Brett, sometimes. Not so much, but, you know, you, you knew that there was experience back there, and they knew how to get a, back ahead of those sticks. The, that's going to be where things really get frustrating this year. I was. This expect. is where Matt LaFleur comes in, though, to me. Like, oh, this no is where coach comes. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. this is what I say. Like, the trust with coach is just going to have to, like, really be there. And mm -hmm. for him, this is going to be the season where he shows, can I coach a game, you know, a successful season without – all of that knowledge that's on the field at quarterback. I'm glad you brought up the drops because that's also something that stood out to me at camp. Like, and that's to be expected with young guys, but sure. more than anything, I think there might be some bricks out there this season and that's just going to happen. Uh, young, young players, right? Like, look, we don't have to go much further than Christian Watson, who we all expect big things from, but Lord knows we saw a bunch of drops from him last year. But that's part of the gig. We we saw a yeah. bunch of drops from Jordy Nelson his rookie year. We saw a bunch of drops from James Jones Devante. his first couple of years. We saw a bunch of drops from Devontae his second year. You know what I mean? So, yeah, it is part of the gig. And when you are so young on offense, to your point, you're probably going to deal with a bunch of drops. Like, I, I'm, I'm kind of resigned to it at this point. Um, I will say, though, the drops we've seen at practice, almost every guy to a man has done a great job of bouncing back. Like, sometimes you see guys, when they have a drop, really fall apart, especially if they're young. 
where the rest of the practice, right, they are just off. Like you can tell they're thinking, they're not doing the little things right. But like I said, to a guy almost, like it's if you have a drop, these guys don't flinch and they get right back at it and they seem to be able to erase it from their mind. So, I mean, that's, that's, that's a positive at least. Can you talk about, so Perry and I have talked about it on this show and it's, it seems like one of the most like hot button topics on Twitter right now is Anders Carlson. Do you have any concerns (laughs) about him? Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. That's what I wanted to know if they were like genuine concerns, because I said last week on the show, right, you have a really young offense and you need to be scoring points whenever you get into the the potential to be able to put up points. So right. if, if that's a genuine concern, do you think there's any chance the Packers look elsewhere? Or do you think they're going to ride with this and just take them as growing pains? I mean, I can only take Brian at his word, right? When he was asked last Friday about, Oh, well we expected growing pains. Like re- really? This, th- these <laughs> kind of growing pains, like the idea that every single time he goes out there, other than one practice, every single time he has missed his first kick, you don't get do-overs in the NFL. You know, there's it's not two of three. Uh, like, but you're going to just roll with that? Like, So family I, night didn't dissuade your concerns? No, no, ma'am. <laughs> he missed his first kick yeah. again today. Wide yeah. right. And that's the other thing. It's kind of almost always wide right. So I well, think, he's going to okay, have to adjust then. I was just going to say, it seems like you would think, right, okay, so let's make that adjustment, which he seems to do on kicks two and three and thereafter. <laughs> but the first kick has been an issue. And... I don't know. I'm, it, look, I say all this, and they could call Mason Crosby tomorrow, for all I know. Yeah, they, who knows? They have done a very good job of making sure that door is open, right? As far as like Brian was effusive in his praise for Mason uh, at the combine, he has said, you know, we, we haven't closed that door when asked about like, earlier this offseason. So that door, I think they've purposely kind of kept the bat phone <laughs> operational, right? So they can, if they do kind of find themselves in a bad spot with a rookie kicker can maybe make that call. Now on the flip side, what if someone suffers some kind of injury around the NFL and calls Mason first and then he's not right. available mm. and that could potentially throw a monkey in that kind of situation. But I just, I mean, sure feels like Brian's just going to ride with it. I mean, they, they saw the struggles his brother had when he first got into the NFL, Rich Basaccia, at Lambeau field. absolutely at Lambeau field <laughs> and Rich Basaccia absolutely loves this kid has totally vouched for him and wants him on the on the team. So I think it would take a, a pretty big kind of cataclysmic, you know, meltdown by Carlson for him to not be the kicker in week one. He would have to be the reason they're like very much losing games, I think. For oh, them eventually, to yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 I mean, like today, today is a, like they, the, the offense in the two-minute drill against the Bengals defense, ones-on-ones, you know, moved a bit, but could only get in range for a 58-yarder, and he was about, I guess, two yards short. Right. It's like I don't kill him for missing a 58-yard field. Yeah. Like I, I, I that's gonna happen, right? It's these PATs and 42-yarders that he's shanking to the right almost every time. The first time out of the gate, it's like that can't happen. That has got to get fixed. That's concerning. Zero doubt. Well, let's end on a positive. <laughs> okay. So you want the hot wrap, topic. There you go. I know, Maggie, with the hot kicker news. Um, before <laughs> we let you go, yes. first, thanks for coming on. But of course, feelings going into this preseason game. Maybe a guy you're you got your eye on on mm. Friday. Sean Ryan. I am so fascinated Ooh. at how good he looks this camp and. 
granted, a lot of it is one-on-one stuff where that's not really playing football. It is one-on-one. You've got to win. You've got to beat the guy in front of you. But, you know, a big part of playing along the offensive line is working with those four other guys. And, you know, last year, Sean did not have a very good preseason at all. Uh, but, golly, he has looked really good so far out of the gate. I mean, a complete turnaround, I would say. I'm fascinated to see if he can kind of continue that momentum, so to speak, into the games. You know, do it out there, live situations, real reps, because I'm telling you, whether it's the one-on-one work or the stuff he's done along the line with the twos and threes, he has looked like a totally different player. Is he so, taking most of his snaps at guard? Or yes, is he okay. Yes. I know they ran him at center with the threes like a handful of times, but okay. the, the vast majority has been at guard. And again, he's looked really good. All right, Perry, who's your player to watch going into this? Ooh. Um, I think mine's Jonathan Owens, to be honest. Just like hearing about how he's kind of snuck not up the depth charts, but so to speak, up the depth chart. And safety is just such a glaring hole. And I he's think definitely, like it's funny because he's definitely in the mix now, right? Where he was right. so clearly. No, it was a signing to me that was like, right. cool, I guess we'll throw a flyer. And you know what? We've yet to see the guy emerge that like street free agent version of this year. And the gem. yeah, the Malik, gem. Malik Keith. I have heard really? Malik Keith, but you know, yeah. the, the the Sewell or the Devondre Campbell of this season, like sure. I'm still waiting for him to emerge. And um, I don't know, something in my gut is saying it's Owens. Not that he's going to be an all pro or anything, right, but just right. someone who's going to like really step up because in my mind, like the cornerback situation lock, right? That Love That's it. on lock. They're they look great. Yes. But your cornerbacks can only do so much if no one's like holding up the back end, right? Yes. So... You can't have Jair Alexander like press man and deep. So someone seems to like needs to play safety. So that's kind of where where I'm at on Friday. What about you, Maggie? Mine is Tree Carpenter because I loved him uh, when he was drafted, and I just think it's so interesting that he's like officially transitioned to linebacker. Right? He was one of the players that when he was drafted, we were like, oh, he's a tweener, safety <laughs> or a linebacker, and I kind of like that they moved him to linebacker because the safety room is so full. So I think he probably gets bodies, his best right? Yeah. opportunity right to to play inside right now and family night was fun he got that tipped pick so curious to see i know he's been like a big special teamer if he can actually carve out a role on defense i mean i love him as a special teamer zero doubt i mean he, that second <laughs> half awesome. of, that, that second half of last year he was on fire on coverage yeah. it's i mean you love to see it and hopefully we can see more of that uh starting friday night awesome well nagler thank you for coming on this was so fun absolutely um Thanks so much for having me I feel like every single person who listens to this show must know where to find you. But if they don't, please plug where to find you, what you're working on. Absolutely. Cheesehead TV, cheeseheadtv.com, the website, the app, whatever. Uh, Carry the G beer, which we released last year, is coming back this season. I will be tasting it when I come up there. I need to. It'll be out before the start of the regular season. It'll be all over Wisconsin. so, So make sure you do that. And then if you're in the Green Bay area, on Friday night for this game, Matt Ramage and I are going to be watching at Stadium View here in Green Bay. <laughs> Live watch party. Come on out, drink some beer, talk some ball. It's going to be a lot of fun. So fun. Thank you, Nags. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me, guys. All right. You uh, you can follow us at PWSS Podcast. Please follow Maggie at Maggie J. Loney. Uh, you can follow me at Perry underscore Goldstein. Um, we will be right back here next week, probably breaking down 
a real game. No We're gonna call it a real game. It's a real game. Let's go. Football's <laughs> back. Football. Um, I'm very excited about it. So thank you all for listening and uh, go pack up. Go pack up. Right.